This is Sam Apuzo, and you're listening to Pearl Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omel are showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside, wrap oh, scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. What is up, Pro Lacrosse fans? We are here with another edition of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm here with my co-host, Adam Moore, and as always, I am Hutton Jackson. No guests this week, but we have a lot to talk about, specifically in Athletes Unlimited realm, as well as the NLL. We'll get a little bit into the PLL All-Star Game discussion as well, but um, I love that. I just realized, too, in our intro, we have Joe Beninati, uh, call of Kayla Trainer. Yep. I'm hoping I can maybe replace that with an even better one this summer now that Joe is going to be calling these Athletes Unlimited game. Yeah. Great pickup by Athletes Unlimited. Um, very excited about to hear him. I'm a Caps fan, so hearing him voice any pro lacrosse is a nice little crossover for me. But um, how's it going? <laughs> going great, man. I know we, we don't have many games to talk about other than the, the PL All-Star game, which was fantastic. But the cross news doesn't sleep, man. We have a lot to talk about, whether it's the NLL realignment, AU dropping uh, starting games this weekend. Lot to talk about. Yeah, probably a, a good week to not have a guest since there is so much to talk about. We're again talking about all three leagues, which is always nice for us when you know you have the trifecta of pro lacrosse. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the All Star game. I guess let's start with that in terms of what did you think of this All Star game? Both the, the game itself, the skills competition itself too. Um, I don't know any thoughts from from this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the uh, all-star game of the goalies, huh? Between Timmy Troutner crushing it, uh, winning MVP to Adam Gittleman playing goalie, but also every other position on the field. Uh, it was an awesome weekend. Like, the, I, the, the PLL's doing it right when it comes to how they're putting on a show. Obviously, uh, the goalie competition uh, is always going to be my favorite. Congrats to props to Kyle Bernlor, uh for bringing home the dub there. But, yeah, awesome weekend, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, the and the the they crushed the over. The over under was twenty eight and a half to start, then twenty nine and a half. Forty four goals were scored in this All Star game, so you know I don't think that was ever in doubt. I mean, the adversaries almost actually reached that mark on their own. They yeah. got twenty three total goals, um, but yeah, definitely a, a fun weekend. It's always fun, um, you know, and I think that's the most important thing for people to take away too is like the All Star game is about having fun. I know we had a little bit of controversy on lax Twitter that made me want to just crawl into a hole for a little bit about the whole face-off rules occurring in the second and third quarter. Like, you know, it's not, it's not affecting the fabric of the game guys, you know, to try a few rules out or is it gimmicky? Is it kind of stupid in my opinion? Yeah. But like, am I going to get really upset about it? No. Like, is it proving that the PLL are face-off detractors now? No, they have the best face-off rules in my opinion in the game. Yep. Um, that, you know, makes it not just a one-on-one, but a three-on-three having the wings being closer. And, and, you know, the, the way they set up the the sticks too, when you're uh, facing off also allows it to be more of, um, you know, a ground ball battle as opposed to just one, somebody winning the clamp outright. So yeah. um, again, th- those rules aren't going anywhere. I can understand, you know, if you're a face-off guy being a little annoyed with it, but at the end of the day, I, we were seeing comments that was like, this is terrible for pro lacrosse. It's like they did it in 2019. Where were you then? I'm sure you were complaining then too, but at the end of the day, it, they're just testing some things out. I don't think anything's going to stick. I think we're not going to see, you know, ball drops in professional lacrosse. I think that's outrageous. Um, 
but you know, it's, it's all in good fun. And um, yeah, you mentioned the goalies funny that a goalie has won the PLL all-star game MVP back-to-back years, 2019, we had Jack and Cannon winning it. Yeah. And in 2021, we had Tim Troutner who single-handedly raised $12,000 broken lacrosse. Thanks to his 24 saves. He also had that ridiculous behind the back goal that had all black Twitter going crazy. I thought it was a great initiative what the PLL did, giving $500 to Oakland Lacrosse for every save made. Um, we had 35 total saves in this game. Overall, great weekend. The skills competition I thought was fun too. Jared Newman topped his record at one, you know, 117. He beat his 115 record. I thought it was a little odd that he didn't win the competition because they had to do a final round. I, I would like to maybe see them in future, you know, skills competitions, maybe just give them a final round to top their personal scores. But like, again, at the end of the day, I feel like the guy who shot the fastest should win the competition. But again, you know, it was both chaos guys. I think if you're Andy Towers, you're pretty happy that you had both of your bomb squad guys in the finals there and they can both rip. So congrats to Jake for on that. But overall, I thought the all-star game weekend was great. Um, you know, it's a nice little change of pace to a nice little break for some of these athletes, especially the ones that were not able to attend because of injury gives them some time to rest up. So certainly looking forward to some PLL regular season action coming up in two weeks. Um, in the meantime, we'll, we'll sit tight, but, um, yeah, overall I thought it was great. And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the TV ratings so far too, because I'm going to lie. The PLL didn't get off to such a hot start at the beginning of the season, but they have steadily been climbing up the, the ratings, which yeah. I think is great. So I did a little bit of research. Um, you know, you have sports media watches is, is a company that puts out stuff, um spoiler tv is the one that i actually got a lot of these ratings from now i wasn't able to collect the nbc game data unfortunately um but i if going off of these ratings that i got for nbc sportsnet you can assume that the nbc ratings were hopefully a little bit higher paul rabel actually suggested that one of their games was in the top two so um in terms of the ratings they only give you the top 200 on spoiler tv so the june 5th game June 6th game and the June 12th game were actually not even in the top 200. So not a great sign like to start, but again, since then the ratings have slowly been going up yeah. um, June 13th. You had the Chrome versus the water dogs. They had a, a viewership of 45,000. Again, you know, we're not talking millions here. Uh, so lacrosse still has a long way to go, but in terms of lacrosse, we're getting there. I'll, I'll give you a, some benchmarks too, from the college season that can, you know, tell us kind of where we're at um, water dogs, archers, June 26th, that was 61,000. Um, so again, increasing a little bit there. July 3rd, dropped back down to 41,000. That was the lowest that I actually had a number for. Um, that was between the cans and the chaos. July 4th, 109,000. Um, you know, that was uh, Whip Snakes Archers. So obviously two, two juggernauts there. And then the best weekend was the Minneapolis weekend. You had the Redwoods versus the Whip Snakes. Obviously going to have a big draw there, 151,000. Um, and then the cans and the Archers, 162,000. Um, so the following day. So again, the ratings are going up, which is great. Paul Rabel mentioned that they had their highest rating from Minneapolis um, of their past three seasons. So I, I think that's great. And those are actually just the TV linear numbers. Yeah. So those numbers are a lot higher for Peacock. I don't know about you, Adam. I tend to actually watch it on Peacock, even yeah. if it's on NBC Sportsnet. So take these numbers as kind of just like a baseline of what we're looking at. TV is still going to be huge because you're having, you know, you can assume a lot of these people tuning in are new audience members, um, whereas Peacock is probably going to be your more, you know, loyal PLL fan tuning in. So, um, you know, th those are just kind of some baseline numbers. Um, but if you compare that to the NCAA final this past season, uh, they had 399,000 viewers. So still higher than the PLL, 
but you know, not too far off. That's a championship game. It was on ESPN two Memorial day weekend is a tradition. You know, every lacrosse fan tunes in for that. Um, and that was 35 up 35% um, since 2019. So, you know, it, it, they had a really good year then too. So um, overall, I think lacrosse on TV is doing pretty well, you know, and it's nice to see that the NLL, which we're going to get to a little bit now, it's the TV deal that's for Canada watchers. Uh, we'll hopefully get a U.S. deal pretty soon. Um, and then the Athletes Unlimited is going to be on CBS Sportsnet, FS1, and then streaming some on Facebook and YouTube. Yep. Overall, your thoughts on, you know, just in general, the broadcast quality of these games, Adam, um, you know, not just this year, but over these past three years and what I think the PLL has really done for the sport in terms of TV viewership. Yeah, absolutely. It's been monumental for the sport, right? Obviously, it's a good sign to see a climb throughout this season in viewership from the traditional side of things. But I mean, the product in and of itself has been revolutionary for the game in terms of the production value, right? Mm -hmm. um, what the PLL done, has done for maybe, you know, uh, not necessarily fair weather fan, but a, a new fan to the game can turn on NBC, turn, turn on NBC Sports and see a high quality product. Um, that, that shows um, that there, there is strong backing for, for the game and for the sport and um, brings legitimacy uh, to the league. So um, it, it's been great to see uh, the production value, not only um, linear, linearly, uh, but on social and, and that growing as well. You know, and I think it's important for people to realize too, is like the networks itself aren't necessarily indicative of how the broadcast is going to be. You know, not all broadcasts are created equal. You could get a, a good example is the MLL broadcast. We're not at the level of the PLL, but being on ESPN, that doesn't mean ESPN, you know, broadcasts aren't great. There's different crews, you know, and, and there's a cost with that too. The PLL is definitely, you know, there's definitely a cost associated with them getting a crew, but all those different camera angles aren't, you know, specific to NBC, you know, they could do that on really any network. It's the fact that you have to get that separate crew. Um, that's, you know, separate company that comes in to do those games and do all those different camera angles um, shows that the PLL put an added emphasis on that, you know, and again, the, their deal with NBC is coming, you know, towards the end, hopefully they renew, but you know, NBC sports is going through some changes too. So I think it's important for them to show growth. Um, and if they do get a new TV provider next year, you could still expect the same level of quality broadcasts, hopefully, um, if they're still, again, putting the money into that, um, even if it's on a different network. I think that's important to, to know. Because, again, you know, they had the MLL games on ESPN2, but the broadcast group that was doing those games was not the same that was doing the NBC games. So, again, not all broadcasts are created equal, depending on – it's not necessarily the network that it's showed on. It's more the crew that's associated with it. So, um, yeah, I think it's encouraging to see. I, again, we want to continue to see that increase. But uh, as I mentioned a little bit, Big deal for the NLL. They announced a linear deal with TSN. Um, so TSN is going to bring a game of the week for the NLL. And then they're also going to be the streaming option for Canadian fans. So I think that's huge. Um, you know, you really have Sportsnet and TSN as the two big media companies in Canada. And because of media laws too, you have to broadcast deals have to be different between borders um, just because you can't have, you can't have a deal with a, a company in the U S if you're, you know, a Canada company and, and vice versa like that. So that's why you're going to see two different media deals. But if the Canadian deal is any indication of what we're going to get in the U.S., it's it's a pretty good start. So um, let's talk a little bit about the NLL. They had some big announcements. I think that was the, the first one. Um, what were your thoughts on the TSN deal? Did you expect a linear deal? Because, you know, BR Live was kind of, you know, where they seemed like they were at for the past couple of years. And 
Um, to me, it's exactly what I wanted to hear, but I was a little taken aback and I was pleasantly surprised. But what were your thoughts when they announced the TSN deal? Yeah, surprised, but really excited about it, right? I, I think if you're a, a league just similar to what the PLL is, they have that TV deal, but they also have uh, optionality in a number of different ways. So uh, fans have been clamoring for some form uh, of TV deal to make it more accessible to watch games. And uh, this is one deal uh, that'll make that happen for our Canadian fans north of the border. So hopefully we'll get a, a TV deal from a, a stateside uh from the state side uh, of things soon, but um, yeah, it's great news for, for the league and, and the growth and development of the sport as a whole. You know, and it's nice to see them recognize that linear, you know, is still a, you know, valid thing to focus on. Like, obviously we, we see, you know, the shift in streaming, you got Peacock with the PLL, um, you know, obviously AU is doing some digital streaming as well, but linear is still very, very important. Um, and that's not going to go by the wayside anytime soon. And we're going to experience some growing pains, unfortunately, with people, you know, shifting from cable and cutting the cord to, to go solely to streaming, but providing both those options is really important. Um, so I expect something similar, uh, you know, from probably from, um, you know, the NLL and the state side, I'm hoping maybe it's ESPN because TSN has some ties with ESPN. Um, you know, there's some co-owners with the ownership groups for both networks, obviously again, depending on the broadcast rules is why they're not, you know, they're not completely linked, but they are linked in a way. And I'm hoping maybe ESPN, you know, getting hockey recently is them convincing, okay, you know, NLL, very similar lacrosse is very similar game to hockey. Let's, you know, get some NLL action on ESPN as well. And, you know, important thing to, to know too, is that the NLL and the MILL had gone through some different TV deals in the past. Like the MILL used to be on ESPN too, a lot. Um, Actually, to this day, the highest rated game, I believe, is the 2005 NLL championship. It was between Arizona and Toronto, um, and I believe that was on – that might have been on NBC, actually. So, uh, you know, there's some history there with, you know, lacrosse being on TV. I think – I don't want to say BR Live was a step backwards. It was definitely just a different option that they offered. But I think, you know, providing both ways to watch is definitely going to be propelling them forward going forward. So – Love the deal. We got a few other, you know, announcements too in terms of division realignment. So they they've gone from the three divisions that they introduced last year um, now to two conferences. Um, I think an important thing to note is while they have an even amount of teams at fourteen, rather than going seven in one conference, seven in the other, they actually went eight in the Eastern Conference and six in the Western Conference. So obviously we know Las Vegas is coming. They'll be the fifteenth franchise. They'll also play in the West. Um, but this leads me to believe that. They're going to, we're going to get an eighth team. That's also from the West. So um, I think, you know, if you're an East coast fan, hoping to see the return of lacrosse to your market, it's a little probably disappointing, but um, I think it's great for the, the game to kind of, again, spread across the Midwest. Um, we know Nick Sakevich has spoken how he wants to really populate all of North America. So maybe we'll see some, you know, like St. Louis markets, Chicago, you know, something along those lines. Um, you know, this is all pure speculation for me at this point, but um, even maybe a Canadian market like Winnipeg um, or Edmonton again. So uh, it, it, I think the way they've reshaped these conferences le leads us to believe that we're going to get another Western team announcement uh, for team 16. And Teddy Jenner recently had Nick Sakevich on his off the crossbar podcast. And it sounds like expansion is not going to stop after team 16. Um, that was kind of their original plan, but the way things are going, I mean, if you're getting investors like, 
um, you know, Joe Sy getting two teams and Wayne Gretzky, Justin Johnson, Steve Nash. Like if you can get those type of investors for a lot of these teams, the, the league's in a good spot. So I guess, give me your thoughts on both the new conferences as well as the different playoff format rules as well that they introduced. Um, and then, you know, they announced the face-off weekend matchup. So what are your thoughts on these recent announcements? Yeah, it was exciting to see uh, and kind of gives us a better picture of, of what the league's going to do from a conference standpoint. Like you said, I fully expect uh, that team 16 uh, to be uh, on, on the west side of North America. And, you know, speaking of Nick Sakevich, he came from uh, the having an MLS background, right? And uh, that, that league ha- has grown pretty substantially in the last few years. You know, it was around that 15 or so in the early 2000s, um, jumped to around 20 teams in the, the mid-2010s uh, and has steadily increased every single year. So similar to the NLL when it comes to kind of slowly building and then uh, growing pretty robustly pretty quickly, uh, it makes sense with, with that background in the MLS. And um, he's talked in, in the past about the value of MLS teams uh, being similar to, to that of uh, the quick expansion uh, and uptick of value in the NLL. He talked about that. Um, at the Vegas announcement. So um, something that's really exciting for fans who don't necessarily have a team right now, you might be getting one uh, in your city pretty soon. Um, But when it comes to the playoff alignment, for those of you who don't know, um, it'll be the top four teams in the East division that make the playoffs, the top three in the West, since there are two less squads. Uh, And then that wild card spot uh, will be the team with the next best record um, between the two conferences. So and for those who, who just can never get uh, enough of a game, you're going to uh, get three game series in the semifinals and the championship this, this year. So really excited uh, to see this expanded playoff uh, situation uh, and this format. So really excited for, for December to get here so we can see uh, the guys hit the floor. Yeah, no, I think that might be like my biggest takeaway is the fact that we're getting series in the semifinals. Um, I love that. One, it's more lacrosse, um, which is always a good thing. It prevents big upsets like you know upsets are always great but it it kind of makes you know the best team kind of shine um obviously it's nice having that in the championship now in the semifinals you know we've seen what series can do in pro sports like there's nothing like you know watching a team battle back in a series um so i I think it's going to create some more intimate rivalries uh the opening round will still be just one single game um which you know i think it's great but it also allows more playoff games for, you know, home arenas, I think too, which is nice. So if you're a low seed, the odds of you getting a home game before the championship are very low. Whereas now, you know, if you make it past the first round, you are guaranteed at least one um, home game. So if that's how they do it, you know, I assume that they're going to go back and forth between cities. You know, you could see maybe the higher seed host, both games in their city and then go to the, the other city for the third game. Um, you know, that might be more cost effective. Uh, we'll certainly be looking to see how they do that, but um, yeah, I, I think series is, is going to be great. Um, uh, it's again, going to just make these rivalries a little bit more intense and yeah, we have the schedule now for a face-off weekend. So the teams that are going to be playing, we'll have the seals take on the mammoth. Obviously they played in Las Vegas uh, last year. I think that was the last meetup between those two teams. You have the Roughnecks taking on the Bandits in a rematch of the 2019 final. Wings taking on the Swarm. Obviously, they've had some great battles back and forth since the Wings came back into the league. Nighthawks playing the Riptide. Battle between the you know former expansion franchises. Again, a lot of these matchups are, are seem very intentional. Um, Rush taking on the Thunderbirds. 
that was a thrilling matchup during the military appreciation game, um, you know, the previous year in 2020. And then the Firewolves making their debut will travel to Hamilton um, to take on the Toronto Rock in their new arena. So that's your face-off weekend. Uh, again, there's going to be some great games. Uh, luckily, we're not making picks right now because I don't know where I would lean on any of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will make those picks when December 3rd rolls around. Um, but, yeah, we're really excited about the NLL uh, return. Again, I, I'm anxious to see what this U.S. TV deal is going to be. And if the TSN deal is any indication, I think it's going to be a big one. And then we're looking forward to seeing, you know, what gambling uh, partnerships roll out to. Obviously, they have their deal with BetMGM. Um, but if they lean into what kind of the PLL has been doing with DraftKings, with BetMGM, I think, you know, gambling is going to really help the sport take off as well. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear a word from Anchor. And then when we come back, we'll get into the Athletes Unlimited draft and the opening weekend for this new Athletes Unlimited Women's Lacrosse League. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. All right, so welcome back. Now it's, let's get into Athletes Unlimited. We are super excited about this league. Um, again, it's been over a year since we saw live women's professional lacrosse. Um, this will be a new iteration of the game. It's a point system. There's drafts every week. These teams are going to get shuffled. We had a, a draft uh, on Tuesday night that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but I love what Athletes Unlimited is doing. Obviously, we mentioned their TV deal has been great with the CBS Sportsnet and FS1. I think that's going to create a lot of exposure and buzz for the sport. And, you know, if you look at what they've done with volleyball and softball, um, you can kind of expect the same thing with lacrosse, I think. And one of those things is they're just announced that they're going to have trading cards yep. for these women um, through tops. So, uh, again, obviously pretty reputable trading card company and tops um, huge. I think news shout out to Michael Harrison, who's been pushing for PLL trading cards, um, really lacrosse trading cards in general. He gets that for the women's game. Um, I'm, no, I'm sure he was expecting it just given their track record with uh, volleyball and softball, but um, yeah, really exciting to see trading cards come into the fold. I myself, am not a trading card person, but I know that there is a big community centered around trading cards i was at target one time and people were lined up and i was like what's going on here like there's like security guards and everything someone's like oh some new trading cards are coming out and this was like a friday afternoon um during the pandemic mind you uh like to kind of when things had starting to kind of open up a little bit but still not quite and i was just like wow people must you know there must be making a comeback in trading cards because i didn't really think it was that big of a um you know market right now but i guess it is and you know, NFTs obviously are kind of coming into the fold as well. So you have the digital side of things too. But um, I know a lot of people excited about this news. Um, looking forward to it. Maybe I'll, I'll grab a box myself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts, I guess, on what Athletes Unlimited has been doing in general in terms of just TV exposure, tops cards? You know, I just feel like they're doing a lot for the game to make it really feel like a professional league. Um, so any thoughts on, on that in general? Yeah, absolutely. Really excited about, you know, the first broadcast that, that we've seen thus far, it was the draft, right, on, on Tuesday. And that broadcast was, was super high quality. Really excited uh, to kind of see how, how the point system works, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of to give a, a quick outline for that, players will get uh, 16 points for two point goals, 12 points for a goal. Cost turnovers are just as valuable as goals. Uh, if you, you cause one of those, it's 12 points saved for those goalies out there. It's worth six points. 
Uh, ground balls two, draw controlled are two. And then um, you could lose points too if uh, you let in a goal as a goalie or your shot save uh, and turnovers uh, are, are pretty valuable as well. You lose eight points uh, on the standings uh, if you have a turnover. So um, not only do you get points individually, you also get points um, for, for winning a quarter as well as each game plus MVPs as well. So top performer of each uh, game gets 60 points, second in MVP voting gets 40, third in MVP voting gets 20. So it'll be super interesting to see kind of after one week what the standings look like. Um, they're going to change every week, uh, but really excited to see uh, clearly from what I watched already, the production values uh, going to be really high and the ability to watch on a variety of different outlets is super exciting uh, to make as many eyes see this great game as possible. No, absolutely. And you're getting six games in one weekend. Uh, so you get, again, watch someone CBS sports, someone FS one, and then they're going to be streaming on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and I love what they're doing too. Like we're actually going to get game six on Sunday at 3 PM. You're going to be able to watch that on lacrosse playgrounds, Facebook as well. You can obviously check it out on the leagues. It's, you know, not too hard to, to find both, but, um, love that they're, you know, allowing us to help amplify this. I'm really excited about our partnership with them on that. Um, and yeah, the draft quality was great. I mean, the, the production value, it, you know, they're really taking a, a similar approach to the PLO. And in some ways it's like, you know, even upped a little bit with the, the five intense weeks, you know, you kind of consider what the PLO did in the bubble last year and, you know, kind of amplify that in five weeks. That's what they're doing. All these athletes are living on site um, at the local hotel or whatever. Um, and, you know, we'll get into the draft discussion, but you know, these teams are going to be changing each week. Um, it's really like taking fantasy lacrosse, fantasy sports and putting it into a professional league. Like, you know, obviously we're going to be rooting for teams and stuff, but you're going to be rooting for players. And so when we come to these game picks, we're going to be picking players, actually our MVP picks. Um, we'll get to those a little bit later, but I think it's going to be awesome just to watch these athletes kind of rack up the points. But again, like you mentioned, you know, winning the game and winning the quarters is still a large part of your points. So you know, it's not going to be just hero ball all the time either. You're still going to see these players work as a team um, and build each other up. But I think that's super exciting for the sport too. It's something that we haven't experienced yet in lacrosse. Um, and it, you know how much we love fantasy lacrosse. So yep. I'm really excited to see it kind of in real life now um, with Athletes Unlimited. But let's talk about the draft. We won't go through all the picks, but you did have the four team captains to start where Kylie Miller is going to be team yellow. You have Angie Benson, the goalie out of Virginia Tech, is going to be team orange. Katie O'Donnell is team purple and then Meg Dowdy is team blue. Um, so Adam, I kind of have a choice and who I think, you know, I don't want to say won the draft, but the team I think, you know, might play the best this weekend. Um, again, these teams are pretty stacked, you know, all across the board, but uh, what were your thoughts on the draft and, and which team do you like going in this weekend? Yeah, I, I think I know who you're going to say, and I'm, I'm going to go a little bit differently. I think team O'Donnell absolutely knocked it out of the park. Taylor Cummings was the first pick. Uh, ever for the AU. Congrats to Taylor. Uh, but they just have a really well-rounded team between Courtney Fortunato, Michelle Tumalo, uh, Alyssa Perella uh, on the offensive side of things, uh, plus uh, Katie O'Donnell, obviously the, the team captain, and Sammy Joe Tracy. I mean, the names go on and on, but the big one for me is, is the defensive end uh, that is really going to be strong for Team O'Donnell as well. Um, phenomenal player in Kristen Carr, um, you know, they're going to have one of the best goalies in the world in Kaylee Waters uh, between the pipes for at least a half, um, along with Amber Hill. Um, and don't forget Amber 
McKenzie as well. So that defense uh, is absolutely stacked for Team O'Donnell. So I think um, while all four teams are fantastic, I think they have the best balance uh, of defense and offense coming into week one. Yeah, I think Team O'Donnell looks really, really solid too. Um, you know, not my pick, but Team Benson, I thought, also kind of killed it on the defensive end. Yep. Um, obviously, you have Angie Benson, Benson in goal. And then uh, the I, I think we can assume that they're going to split time um you know between games you have Britt Brown as their other goalie yep. so I, I think that's how they're gonna do the goalie system because obviously you need goalies to play in order to get points so um but th- their defense is pretty solid too on defense they have Katrina Geiger um and then they have as well as Tiana Walfer who obviously um was one of the all-stars in 2019 she's been on our podcast before Becca Blocks a solid defender um you know and Marie McCool at the midfield um is our most recent you know, guests. Um, so I think team Benson looks pretty solid too. Again, I think all these teams look great, but I have to go with team O Miller. Um, Kylie was our first guest on the podcast. So a little bias there, but this offense is just stacked. She took Kayla trainer with her first pick, then Dempsey Arsenault, your 2019 WPLL MVP, um, Allie Kennedy, you know, out of Stony Brook is, is uh, you know, rookie midfielder, um, Haley Majorana who can shoot from range. And that's another thing they have two point goals in this league um, like they did in the WPLL last season as well so um, you know Taryn Van Thoff like the list goes on with a lot of this offense on team Ole Miller so I think they're gonna put up a lot of points if I had to pick a team to kind of win the weekend I'm going team Ole Miller but uh, you know team we didn't mention team Dowdy is pretty stacked too her first pick was Sam Apuzo Um, you have Emily Paros Katrina Dowd um, Lindsay Roanbeck you know, just can go down the list. Um, I'm really excited to see Izzy McMahon too, uh, yeah. cousin of Matt McMahon, um, played at USC. I think she originally started at West uh, Army West Point and transferred to USC, but uh, she's a rookie making her debut. So, um, yeah, overall, the, these teams are loaded. Two players that will not be participating in week one, also interesting to note, is Alex Ost, who's coming off her swimsuit model shoot. So congrats to her. I don't know if that's related to her um, not being able to participate this weekend but she is not going to be participating in week one, as well as Maggie Bill, who we're anxious to see her make her pro debut, obviously two sport athlete at UNC. Um, so those two will not be playing in week one, but um, they'll make their presence known uh, definitely sooner rather than later. But yeah, th- those are my thoughts on it. Um, overall, I, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to predict, you know, how these teams are going to go. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, back and forth battles, but um, I guess let's, you know, you mentioned the scoring system. Uh, let's, let's give our MVP picks for each of these games. Um, so we'll start off with the first game of the week, which is on at 5 p.m. on CBS Sportsnet on Friday. Um, we have Team Benson for, versus Team Miller. So uh, who do you think is going to be the MVP of this game, Adam? You know, I think riding that high from being announced the head coach of Syracuse, I think Kayla Trainer uh, is arguably the best player in the world. Uh, and I think she's going to come out firing for Team Miller in the first game of the season. Yeah, so I, I like Team Ole Miller as well. Um, I'm going to go Dempsey Arsenault, though. 2019 WPL MVP, um, midfielder out of BC. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think she's going to be my pick for MVP. Um, I'm giving the edge a little bit to Team Ole Miller in this one. But uh, like I, I mentioned, I think, you know, the, the battle to watch is going to be the, that Team Ole Miller offense against this Team Benson defense um, in this opening uh, weekend game. But yeah, I'm going with Arsenault. Uh, I think, you know, she's gonna, she's probably, they're all pretty probably anxious to play having a, you know, had a year off hiatus. So um, I think they're gonna come out firing in this one. Yeah. And then moving on to the second game of that day, uh, you have team Dowdy taking on team O'Donnell. So Adam, who do you like in this game to be the highest point getter? So when we say MVP too, just to clarify, we're talking about 
the person who scores the most points in terms of this ranking system um, in the game. So not talking specifically, you know, who's named MVP of the weekend, but who we think is going to get the most AU points in this game. So who do you like between team Dowdy and team O'Donnell? Yeah, I know there's a ton of offense and firepower on team O'Donnell. I'm, I, I would take them in this one. Um, I'm going Kristen Carr. She, she's a defensive monster. Uh, and I think she's going to get enough cost turnovers and enough ground balls to, to really solidify herself uh, in, in the MVP discussion. All right. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a close battle between these two teams, but if I had to pick one person that I think is going to have a huge game, I think Sam Opuzo is going to have a, a big game. Um, obviously we've had her on our, her on our podcast recently, uh, former Torton winner at Boston college. So I'm picking her in this game to, to be the, the highest point getter. Moving on to the third game of the weekend. We have team O'Donnell taking on team O'Miller. So, Adam, who do you think is going to come out on top in this one? Yeah, I know, I know uh, I went with Kayla, and I know you already went with Dempsey, but I think she's such a good pick for, primarily because, you know, looking back at the WPLL, she led the league in assists, she led the league in points, and she led the WPLL in ground balls in 2019. So she's a points machine, and I know you already went with her, but I'm going to take her just for that main reason. Yeah, no, this is going to be a high-scoring affair, I feel like, in this one. Um, a lot of choices I feel like I could take on both teams. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a wild card uh, with Haley Majorana. I feel like she's going to maybe have a, a two-bomb in her in this game. Um, I feel like, again, this is going to be pretty high-scoring. So going a little bit uh, out there, and I'm going to say Haley Majorana. And, you know, really not too out there with all these players. Any of these players could, you know, come away with the most points in a game. But um, I'm going her, the Syracuse product. To, to have a big day in this game. And, and that's one thing I know going off of what you just said. Uh, we've kind of looked at everyone other than a goalie, which may be my next pick here coming up. Yeah. But, you know, every position has the capabilities of winning uh, the AU uh, championship at the end of the season. I think that's, that's something that's super important. You know, you, you mentioned the fantasy side of things. Sometimes players are less valuable at different positions. But in the AU, every position can come out as champion, which is, which is super exciting. No, absolutely. You know, and there's different facets of the game, obviously cause turnovers, draw control, um, you know, numerous ways that they can score points. Moving on to the second game of that day, you have team Dowdy taking on team Benson. I think, I think this is going to be a pretty uh, heavy defensive battle, but uh, who you like in this one, Adam? I'm going uh, team Dowdy in this one. Speaking of goalies, Mirshane is one of the most exciting and fun goalies to watch. Uh, I loved watching her uh, when she would take on Hopkins when I would be at Homewood and uh, I'm taking Mira. Let's, let's give some goalie love. I'm going to go defensive side as well. And I'm going to go with Tiana Walfer on team Benson. Um, So, you know, I think they're going to come out on top in this matchup. Um, And again, I've talked about how I think solid their defense is. Um, so I'm going to pick her to, to get the most points in this game. And then our final day of the weekend, we have two matchups, um, as well. Yeah. Two matchups each day, which I think is super exciting. Again, most lacrosse, you get more lacrosse from the AU than you are the PLL. And that's not a disservice to the PLL. It just shows how lucky we are as pro lacrosse fans. Um, but to to wrap up, you have team Miller taking on team Dowdy. Who you like in this one? The more, the more I look at squads, the more nervous I am about picking uh, an MVP just because there's so many fantastic names. I'm going Molly Garrett. Let's, let's, let's have uh, – I think she'll have a big day on the offensive side of things playing the midfield, and uh, let's go with Molly. All right, I'm going to go uh, with Katrina Dowd on Team Dowdy. Um, I just think, you know, I don't say she's flying under the radar, but 
you know, she's one of the veterans in this league um, that, you know, maybe needs to be talked about a little bit more just yeah. in terms of all time greats. Um, and I love seeing her, you know, in this athletes unlimited league, I think she lives now in full time in Europe. Um, so she, you know, made the trek to the States to be in this, this league for these five weeks. So um, going out, I think on top with team Dowdy, I'm going I'm to go Katrina down in this one. And wrapping up the weekend, we have a matchup between Team O'Donnell and Team Benson. Adam, who do you like in this one? Yeah, uh, last game of the weekend, I started off with a, a new head coach. I'm going to end with a new head coach, Michelle Tumalo. Now the head coach for for the for Army. Excited about that. I think she's going to have a, a big weekend as well throughout. But last game of the se- last game of the weekend, let's go with Coach Tumalo. All right, my my pick is also from uh, Team O'Donnell. Um, and I'm going Taylor Cummings. Um, you know, I, I think she was the number one pick in this draft for a reason. Um, I think she's going to dominate the draw control. She's going to dominate, um, you know, on offense. And I think she's going to put up a lot of points. And then I think Tim O'Donnell is going to go out on top in this one. That wraps up our individual game picks. Now for the MVP of the weekend, Adam, of the people you, you mentioned, uh, anyone stand out that you think is going to win the, win the weekend? Yeah, for, for the weekend, I'm going to have to go with Dempsey Arsenal. The, in the last time we saw women throw lacrosse, uh, she was uh, the league leader in a number of capacities. So I'm going to go with Dempsey for week one. All right, and I'm going to repeat who I just said and go with Taylor Cummings, I think, on the weekend. I think she's going to put up a, a hefty amount of uh, AU points throughout the entire entire weekend. And so she's going to be my pick to, to win the weekend for MVP. Um, and key to note, too, the top four – point getters at the end of the weekend will be the captains going into the next week. So, um, you know, we could see Dempsey and Taylor as our two captains um, if our picks come true, but um, that wraps up our AU discussion. Again, I really excited to see women's professional lacrosse come back into the fold. It's been too long. We appreciate all that AU has done to kind of keep us in the loop. And uh, we appreciate them, you know, getting these athletes as guests. We'll have an AU guest this coming week as well. Um, So the guest list episode is just kind of a, you know, just for this week, uh, we'll definitely get one for next week. I'm definitely looking forward to who that will be, but we appreciate you guys tuning in. Please leave us a five-star review. If you enjoyed this episode, it really helps us move up in the ratings, continue to bring you an episode every week. Um, and we appreciate you guys as always listening to another episode of pro lacrosse talk.